U.S. economy has been intertwined with the global economy since well before the European debt crisis. For example, foreign competition has spurred and threatened American manufacturing for decades. The only way some companies have been able to compete has been to outsource jobs to countries with cheap labor. That's good for the bottom line. It's not so good, though, for American towns and cities that lose their jobs. The world's Jason Margolis tells us how one city, Newton, Iowa, is recovering from the departure of an entire company. Newton was the quintessential one-company town. Fred Maytag began building his washing machines here in 1893. It was a good run. Company and town prospered together for more than a century. In the past decade, though, the company shifted jobs to southern states and Mexico. By 2007, Maytag closed its doors in Iowa for good. Daryl Sarmento directs the Greater Newton Area Chamber of Commerce. Definitely that was a demoralizing blow to the town. At one point in its heyday, Newton was the washing machine capital of the world. So that was a lot of the town's identity. Towns don't die quickly. Housing prices fall. Sewage systems and roads fall apart. Crime rates creep up. Newton is trying to avoid that fate and not become like dozens of other Midwestern manufacturing towns that have lost industry to cheaper foreign labor markets. Over and over, you hear that the best way to avoid that downward spiral is to invest in education. That's a message that community leaders in Newton are embracing. And you can actually see some of these, a lot of this is original. I took a tour of the old, empty Maytag factory with Terry Norton. He directs the Career Academy for DMAC, the Des Moines Area Community College. DMAC has taken over parts of the factory and done some remodeling. And so now you can see this is our building trades. And Here, students are being trained for higher skill trades like welding. We students also study auto body repair, nursing, and cooking. DMAC isn't your typical college campus. Laid-off Maytag workers have skewed the demographics a bit older. Let's see, I would have been 47 years old, and I made the decision to go back to school. Jenny Michael was an assistant to the general counsel at Maytag. She went back to school and got a degree in business administration. She's working again, but I asked her how her lifestyle compares today with her days at Maytag. People don't give raises as easily. I work part-time now as opposed to full-time before, so but that's a benefit to me. Still, Michael is one of the lucky ones. Economist David Swenson at Iowa State University says the transition to life after Maytag has been rough for people in their 40s and 50s. Many try to go back to school. We have federal programs that try to help them retrain, reskill, repot themselves back into the economy. The success rate isn't that great. And what happens if these workers do find work? They very, very often find work at even less than half of what they were working, making before. Swenson says towns like Newton have to diversify their economies and their workforce. Frank Liebel says that's already happening. He's the executive director of the Newton Development Corporation. We've created almost 1,200 new jobs since Maytag closed, and I think our goal is to diversify our community. Let's try to go out and, and get um, 10 companies that employ uh, 200 people instead of one company employs two or 3,000. There's one sporting event in central Iowa where the action is nonstop. Five years ago, the Iowa Speedway opened its doors in Newton. Where your pulse will be racing almost as fast as what you're watching. Community leaders highlight the Speedway as a way to put Newton back on the map. But it can't turn the local economy around by itself. John and Annie Gherkin run the August Bergman Inn, a charming bed and breakfast built a century ago. When the racetrack's running, 
and there's people at the speedway, everybody's full. That's four weekends a year, and you don't make it on four weekends a year. A handful of smaller companies have set up shop in the area, staffed partly by former Maytag employees. They're building things like wind blades and spotlights that use low-energy LEDs for theater lighting. If it was a traditional fixture, if I reached out and touched it, I would get a very serious burn, probably leave some skin on it, whereas this um, <laughs> baby could touch it and be, it wouldn't be an issue. Garrett Young founded Prism Projection. He's just the kind of guy the area is trying to attract. He's a 29-year-old Ph.D. in plasma physics who relocated from New Jersey. Young says he chose to start his company in Iowa mostly because he got funding from a private investor. He also liked that the town of Sully, right next door to Newton, just gave him his office space, a big barn-like structure. It used to be a gymnasium, and it wasn't being utilized, and the community bought it back from the people that were using it and then basically gave it to us so that we could start this company here. I asked him, though, as his company grows, what's to stop him from eventually building his spotlights in Mexico or China? He looks down at a semiconductor board he holds in the palm of his hand and says this is the future of manufacturing in America. He says the actual construction is so mechanized that he doesn't need low-wage workers. We hire the highly skilled engineers that design the schematic and the components that need to go on there. And then we have a machine that places these components, a thousand components, a minute. And so why not do it here in the U.S.? Young's company only employs 20 people. It may very well continue to grow, but he'll continue to hire highly skilled workers. If towns like Newton, Iowa have a future in manufacturing... That's where it's at. Like it or not, the days of joining the middle class in Iowa by tightening screws on washing machines are over. For The World, I'm Jason Margolis, Newton, Iowa.